It's time to go into auto reverse with Tony and Matt, where we look at bands that are underappreciated, misunderstood, forgotten, and to some unknown. This week, we're going auto reverse on Blood Rock. You know, Tony, Blood Rock is, uh, you know, you, you know I, I, it's being, their name gets banding around these days as like a proto-metal band, but man, I remember hearing them in like the late 80s and 90s, and I was, I mean, like I, th- I forgot who turned me on, to, and it was a Blood Rock 2, of course, because that's like the, probably their most popular album, if you could say it. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, it's one uh, with DOA on it. It's yeah, DOA, Dear Not yeah. Lover on yeah. there, too. It, it's like, not to speak like I'm trying to be hip, but man, this the band just has just some major flex. And Speaking of DOA, there's a siren in the background. Am I? In the background, you're your assuming, background. You're yeah. assume, but maybe they're going to save the person, Tony. You know, I would think. I think if it's DOA, not crashing an, air, yeah, crash an airplane. I, well, if they're DOA, do you really need the siren? Because it's nothing you can really do. Um, yeah, oh, this guy's dead anyway. Turn the siren yeah, off. Turn the siren off. Just put the just put the ha- just put the lights on. No, no put need the to, hazards just, on. Just put the just hazards and flash the brights. Uh, oh boy. Um, here we go. Here we go. Yeah, uh, but you know, th- th- this is what I you know they don't get talked about is some of those like what I would call an American rock band and they personify it's no and it's you know it's no surprise they're from Texas where from that era the 60s and 70s produced the Texas produced a lot of really strong rock bands uh, mm-hmm. that have like a big sound um, and th- they certainly do and I, I you know just their component of you know, musicianship songwriting and having like an like a, a lead singer who has about a voice that immediately demands your attention there's a lot of elements about blood rock that are just you know just like i i loved listening to them again like for his last you know two weeks that you know you put the playlist on and we were and i was going listening to whole albums and then discovering new things like which i'm sure we'll get into like uh the later stuff which is just like a like a like a they took a hard right somewhere toward pop town and that stuff is killer too oh yeah passage that's the record that i've passed on i've passed on passage uh something like three or four times in the record store always trying to listen and get something from it and never could get anything from it but when i put the playlist together something about where I was sitting and how I was listening to it and the state of mind I was in, I, you're right. I came to appreciate the, those later, more progressive poppy records. Uh, and I think that's, what's crucial to, um, to our show to auto reverse is that somehow in the process of putting these things, either the playlist together or thinking about the episode, sometimes we have the, we reassess right in in real time, right while we're doing it, and that's what's you know that to me is super cool, you know. Yeah, you know, and I forgot a Baron to lead. We got rec- a fan of the show, a Phil Lemire. I hope you're pronoun- pr- pronouncing your last name right, Phil. 
But he wrote to us, and, and he suggested, he's like, there's one band from the early 70s I've got really into, and it's one of those hidden gems. Blood Rock put out some great records. To your thing, mm -hmm. he said, personally, I'm a huge fan of the earlier stuff. Uh, when they, you know, they, the, when they started to take the progressive passages, but they, you know, they have a, they have a great story, and I'm a huge fan. They do have a really good story, uh, uh -huh. you know. Uh, which so, thank you, Phil, for recommending it because this has been like fun, just kind of digging into this and our side conversations about them. But you know, they, they, the things that I didn't know is that they they were formed in the early '60s in '63 in Fort Worth. Uh, yeah. and, and with this band that probably in the top 10 of worst band names, uh, the, <laughs> the name, their name was, um, let me see. Their name was, um, crowd plus one and, and the actual symbol of the plus not spelled out plus. So crowd plus one was the name of the band. Um, yeah. And I think the first band was named the Naturals and then they changed it to Crowd Plus One. I can't, I'd love to have been a fly on the wall. Like let's change it from the Naturals to Crowd Plus One. Um, and then they, um, and they got signed to Capital on Crowd Plus One. The singles, and this is still in the time where singles were the thing, 45s, and they put out a couple singles. They didn't do well. Capital dropped them. Then they hooked up with Grand Funk's producer, uh, Terry Knight. Yeah, that and, was a big change. And it was his idea to change their name. They changed their name and then got re-signed to Capitol again in the age now where LPs were more the thing. And they put out their first, you know, whatever, five records. So uh, it's interesting to, like, you know, to see, like, how the well you know i mean terry knight w was a big artist on his own from detroit uh but then right. the, the grand funk were huge uh, you know playing shea stadium and stuff so i guess he had a, a lot of you know muscle yeah. in terms of getting bands signed so he was able to sign a band that had just to the same label that had been dropped from which just shows you how uh, influential that guy was uh, terry knight um and and to be you know and this is a good segue because that's kind of how I got turned on to Blood Rock was I was really into Grand Funk in the 90s. So somewhere in 91, 92, I started getting like the Red Album. Yeah. And, you know, sort of going back into their deeper material. Yeah, uh, not, you know, like, Blood, that's not funny. That's funny. Grand Funk is a very much a phase band. You don't, they don't like, yeah. you, you get in phases with them. Like I think I had the same thing, like the same around that same period. Yeah. The same thing. And you get kind of like stuck in their their discography and you're just kind of they're they're a fun band to kind of check anyhow i'm sorry i interrupted i said well i was i was i was saying like so i was going through this phase and i went through this phase with grand funk for a while i you know i was i was into shining on right. uh, the red album uh we're an american band and then i think i might have mentioned something to jamie from boulder a uh, band that was on tp who's now in a band that's pretty big called mid midnight yeah, yeah. and i mentioned awesome. it to him and he was like dude have you ever heard of blood rock and i was like no and he's like oh my god and that's when i sort of started looking into them and then i think the store that jamie either worked at or knew the owner at in uh in ohio um, my mind's eye i called i knew i knew i i knew the guy that owned it because i would sell him tp stuff and he would carry it and and he had a lot of used stuff and i and i think at some point i was like hey man um you got blood rock records in stock there he goes hells yeah and he like 
I think he just sold me the fir the first three oh, and nice. sent them to me in a box and that's where I really for me like somewhere in like 98 or 99 where I really like just went down the rabbit hole with with the band and and realized like you know had like you said had an interesting story uh were really good were a really solid band uh and also super influential in terms of like you know the proto metal uh thing which I know gets thrown around a lot and yeah. kind of get, gets watered down but in in their case I think it's legit it's, you know like they were it's, it's legit yeah, it's very legit yeah and even yeah. when they're like their first album, which was maybe a little bit lighter fare, like uh, it's still like the pop sensibilities, but the the good the rocking like they knew how to build a great rock song, um, and then which kind of got elevated on Blood Rock too. Um, but like I mean, you know, like gotta uh, what's that? Gotta find a way. Like that's such a great mm -hmm. song. Um, which I, I, I did you know that. That that had some controversy around it because if you play the song backwards, there's a part in it that says anyone who's stupid enough to play this record backwards deserves what's about they're about to hear, and then it's followed by um, a Lewis Carroll nonsense po poem called uh, Jabberwocky, which is, I did not know that. Yeah, Jabberwocky is just just it's it's just got a bunch of not it's got a bunch of silly word made up words and shit anyhow, mm -hmm. but it's like that you know the the. You know, a good example is like I gave Selden the playlist. I, he never heard of them. I'm like, I would be shocked. Oh, really? I would be shocked if you would, wouldn't like this. And he listened to two songs. He's like, oh, this is great. And, you know, they're a band that you can, it's like if you like rock music, like it's a band that it doesn't take a lot to sell you on them. <laughs> I mean, you could, it takes, you could even take one of their lesser known songs and it's still like, oh, this is pretty kick ass. Um, because they have strong guitars, they have a great uh, foundation of bass and drums that really kind of hold them down. And the Hammond or and the Hammond organ, and the Hammond which organ. always yeah, that which elevates it. It elevates the creep level, like the creepiness, you know, of of the sound. think that's the element that really that drew me in and probably like you said when you turned Selden on to it could draw almost anybody in because a lot of times with these bands it's all like sound and vibe and stuff right. but sometimes the the songwriting element it's not there maybe they pull it off on one song but the other ones are like covers or songs that go nowhere but in their case they're kind of consistent about 
really making every song like a good song and that's why like when i was doing the playlist i mean i was going through like especially through uh blood rock two and three and i'm like i could just put every song from these from each of these albums on here like that's how good the songs are yeah i i think you know not that i didn't i, I you know i i think with they made a good idea they when they when uh what was it the lead singer rutledge and the guitarist uh, lee pickens left uh when, before they did uh uh blood rock three um mm. that made they i think that's when they started to kind of go more, less around the rock and more toward the you know a little bit progressive pop- yeah a little bit more yeah poppy stuff like passages like the, the songs on passage are like 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 it's literally very almost soft rocky songs you know ballad very ballads and and it's and they're but they're really well i mean they're really strong songs but they catch you off guard if you say you know if you i think if i didn't know it if someone says do you think this is blood rock can you name this band i would say no because if they the departure which I, I i mean it makes sense it's like you know you had two key members that leave the band who were probably writing most of the songs from you know i'm not 100 percent sure if that's true uh, but I would figure such because usually the guitarist and the, you know, let me actually look at this up really quick. But it's like, yeah, I think you can, yeah, like they they, they were heavily on the first albums. It seems very collaborative, but nonetheless, that sound that is very pr- pronounced with his vocal stylings and his, and the guitar styling, and then switching that up. Like I think it's they made a really sensible move because I mean they weren't. And we, you and I, never got to see them open up for bands in the '70s, obviously. But I figure they would be—they would been a like a killer opening act, better than a headliner, if that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. And I also think their change in sound, maybe you know, listen, I wasn't—I was alive in 1972, 1973, but I didn't know what the fuck was going on musically. Uh, But at the same time, like I feel like maybe they were following a trend or 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 possibly being advised by terry knight or whoever their manager was to change to maybe yeah. move away from this the heavier sound i don't know i i'm just i'm maybe, yeah. you know assuming something but unless unless it's just what they were feeling but they i don't think i think if like you're marvin gay or if you're Pink Floyd, or if you're like a huge artist where you can actually indulge your feelings and your new experiences and what and where you want to go, and 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 it's like uh, you can make that um, concept album. I think that's if you're that type, level of an artist in that echelon, okay. But when you're Blood Rock and you've had a hit, but the hit was sort of regional. Like right. you, really you are at, you are at the mercy of trends, of managers, of the label. You're like like they're manipulating you a little bit to 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 change stuff to to increase your chances of blowing up, and um and I think that maybe that's what like did the men over time. You know, like they just they they couldn't pull. They can never match right. DOA. You know, DOA's well, yeah, success. It, and also, it's like you know the Iron Butterfly type of music was kind of going by the wayside, and the yes, exactly, and, and yes, Emerson, Lake and Palmer, Jethro Tull type type shit was was that was the stuff that was 
that was you know uh, blowing up at the time. So it made sense to make that pivot because you know also you got they probably were even talking about the direction, which may have been I don't really know the reasons why those two guys left the band, but I'm sure musical direction, you know, on the had next time to do what it it, yeah. always, it it had to because you know, yeah. you're just like yeah we're leaving, um, especially when you're you're coming off your your most successful album, and maybe that was I it. Also- Go ahead. I, I, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I, I you know, when, when I listen to them, yeah, I think of the James Gang a lot. I, I, I know that's like, uh, like, kind of like reductionist in a way, but it's like, I, I, I when I hear them, I hear, I hear James Gang, that kind of, well, just you know, free flowing. Here's what kind I was, of my only little pushback on that. It seems like because James Gang and, and Graham Funk are kind of that power trio, and they sound like a power yeah. trio. Blood yeah. Rock is more like when Joe Walsh went solo. It's a little more expansive. It has a little bit. It's it's less about the power because mm-hmm. you have those keyboards that are playing a major role in everything. Mm-hmm. I think that that maybe maybe they are like a yeah. I, I mean, there's I, I you know it's they're deep purplish in some ways. Like I don't mm-hmm. know, a little less kind of driving than I don't know, and a little and a little less English. Also, probably like Deep Purple. Deep Purple, you can hear the Englishness in them. That sort of quirky. That's a English. Really point. That's really good. And, yeah, you know, and there's, you know, I would say you're right. And there's probably more James Gaines, ZZ Top, in Blood Rock than, you know, Graham Funk in them than like Deep Purple or yeah, uh, even under Iron Butterfly or Led Zeppelin for that matter. Like they don't have that. But- that 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 said, it, they're still a unique band, Blood Rock, I, to me, uh, and that's why. But that's I the think reason that's why, why we like them, though. Yeah. yeah, they're they're like the thing is, is that I don't know if it's about their name or you know, it just could have been like when they, you know, would, like you would think that there's so much that has to happen in timing and such, like, because they have a good, they have. I can only imagine they were they were awesome. They were very good live, because they're you could see you could hear the tightness in their songs. Um, and there's high, you know, there's dramatic builds. It's not like, you know, three, four blue. You know, it's not, it's not simple stuff. It's like they, it's, it's a very, they're crafted. So you know, it could have been timing or anything. But you know, they are a band that I think are one of the unique bands that when I listen to you, they grab your attention. And it's the elements, oh, yeah. and it's the it's the individual elements, and then it's the compositional elements that both those areas that I really think that, you know, Blood Rock, you know, they they satisfy like the hearty, you know, growling lead singer with a dynamic range, and you got the guitarist who can rip, you got the drummer, bass, and organs that just like that just punctuate everything really well, uh, mm-hmm. and dr- and drive it. Um, and build the the, 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 the mood to, like you were saying, like the mysterious kind of creepy aspects of their songwriting of some of their songs, which none of those bands really, you know, in the seventies tried to touch too much, you know. Um, yeah, the progressive stuff, like you like you, like Whirlwind Tongues and Passages, that's kind of new stuff for me. And it's been frankly, I've had to listen to it two, three times to really kinda of let it digest like this is blood rot. Um, but I liked yeah, it. But I liked it. I, I like. I, I like it too. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. Um, like I, when I heard them first, it's like is like around the same time, like uh, uh, early '90s, late '80s. In I had a uh, friend who put it on a. What did he put it on a mixtape? No, he just. I was playing in the car. I remember who. I go. Who in the fuck's this? And it was DOA. 
uh, the song DOA, and he's like, oh man, this Blood Rock, have you ever heard of them? And I'm like, is it a British band? He's like, no, dude, they're from Texas. I'm like, huh. Um, but it's, Fort Worth. Have you ever been to Fort Worth? Yeah. Passing through. It's but funny. Not, it's, like, it's like a ca- cowboy town. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Isn't that where the... Um, well, that's, you know, Dallas. Is, Dallas and Fort Worth, all Northern California. Northern. I, uh, I went I, I went on a Willie Nelson tour. Uh, I don't know. It had to have been about 10 years ago. And I remember the last show of the tour was in Fort Worth at a place in town that was the biggest honky-tonk in the world it was literally it was like 10 football fields in like length and width there were like there was a casino in there there was you know there were different stages there was a different restaurants it was literally it was like literally the biggest basement ever in the world (laughs) And I and it and it was super hot and sunny outside, but you wouldn't know it being in this this honky tonk all day. Um, and I remember, um, uh, like, if as soon as you left the venue, uh, you would go and there were like Western wear stores everywhere, you know, like selling cowboy hats and stuff like that. It was mm-hmm. bizarre. And, and cobblestone and cobble, cobblestone streets too, which was interesting. No, that is interesting. Did you did you yeah. buy anything at the stores? Like a, I bought a cowboy hat there. It was weird. I I had some time uh, before the the sh- before the whole day started, and I went, walked into a uh, western like more vintage western store, and I bought I bought a hat. I bought a, hat, called, a, a cowboy hat. Was it called old, a old rawhide? <laughs> no, I don't. I don't remember the name of the place. Do you still have the hat? Do you still have the hat? I no. I gave the hat to somebody. I gave it away. It didn't really fit properly. And uh, but I remember there was lots of cool sure. taxi- taxidermy in that store too. <laughs> it didn't fit right. I think it did it fit. Didn't fit. I, right. I would fit right with your style. Is probably the better. Yeah, probably, yeah there was probably like the, more yeah. That. It was a yeah. size too big. I'm like no, I think it just didn't match. It didn't go my well bloated, over Lord Street. My bloated head uh, did not fit in it. Yeah, it didn't help you get in a pizza slice on Lord Street. They were just like, dude, who are you? Um, um, but yeah, Fort Worth. What a what a weird place. <laughs> yeah, and I mean they, you know, Blood Rock is also one of those bands that didn't really put out a lot of albums. I mean, I think was it six. No. Five or six. They put a lot. I guess six, if you yeah. count the live album, it's yeah. like six. Yeah. I, did you put any? I don't. I, I, I didn't put anything from the live record, but that's something that could be reassessed. I don't know. You know, I've seen the live record in stores, and I always consider buying it, but it's always like a little bit too expensive for me. It's always like ten or fifteen dollars, and I'm like, I'm not fucking yeah spending that money on a live record. Yeah, I uh, I think I heard I've heard heard it because I. Yeah, I just don't. I don't. I'm not remembering it. Like, who's what version of the band is it? I don't even know. Oh, it's, it's like it was released yeah. later. So well, it it seems like yeah. Well, anyhow, I'll give it a listen. It was yeah, it was released in '72, which was after the other two guys. And uh, well, this is all music gave it one star. So well, that's something to look. Yeah, it's it's like kind of like uh, when I was really into Cactus, and I'm still into Cactus. cactus but when I, I remember Cactus. Yeah, so so I remember like buying a lot of their records, and then I saw Hot Sweaty, whatever the live record that they Hot recorded sweaty, in Puerto yeah. Rico. Yeah, <laughs> and I went and bought it, and it's like it's okay, but I was like, okay, I'm not doing this anymore with bands. I'm not like going all the way and like 
getting the live record too because it's like too much well you know that's funny and i'm you know i'm kicking myself it's like that's a good band to kind of make like say blood rock and cactus are a little bit more on par in terms of like their trajectory even though i would say cactus is a little bit more revered now than blood rock yeah is that yeah. would you agree with that i i agree with that i don't think it's fair i think uh i to me in terms of like a dynamic band like dynamics and being able to listen to it over and over again i would actually give the nod to blood rock in my in my opinion after all these years and having gone over all this like proto 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 shit uh like it's like there double protos is there double protos oh dude i yeah dude i've double triple proto all over the place i call myself proto uh <laughs> come here proto 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 yeah name my my second dog i'll name him proto uh <laughs> but um yeah so like after you know reassessing listening going over like i to me like blood rock gets the nod well i would say i would say cactus. yeah i'd say cactus is the more fun band and blood rock's the more interesting band that's right there you go I, I, I get far more enjoyment listening to Cactus, especially, and their live stuff actually is really good too. Like they, they mm -hmm. you know, uh, part their live version of Parchment Farm, which is I think is like twelve minutes long, is, oh, is phenomenal. Killer, yeah, it's phenomenal. Killer. And anyhow, you know, yeah. maybe that's a band to consider for later. Cactus, we, you and I could probably I talk. So. To, I, talk, think, I, talk. I think so. Yeah, I, but I would say that you know. Blood Rock should have, like most of the bands that we cover here, probably should have got a, you know, they they were they were uh, at their best when there was a lot of really good bands and probably fall in, you know, they probably fell into that shadow of the opening band syndrome of just be, you know, being able to be an opening band for all the great bands and and be a good band but never be on their never open you know, do their own stadium tours. They just really weren't that. They they weren't. And, and I'm guessing yes, it's, they just didn't have the magnetism of like Grand Funk. When I mean, I, I still watch the videos of Grand Funk live, and like they're just you know they're just a great like charismatic, just energetic, yeah. and you know building entertaining, good entertaining, and maybe they just yeah. they didn't bring it. So it's like the they have I I would call it I I think I have a name for it. It's the almost famous syndrome. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so like, it's like, yeah, it's the opening, it's the opening band syndrome. It's like you're a great yeah. opening band, but you're not. You can never get to that. Like you're gonna, you're stuck at playing the mid-level, thousand, two thousand seat, maybe thousand, five thousand yeah. seat theaters if you can. Um, but I mean, again, like, uh, fantastic playlist that you put together, and it was fun doing that exploration and, you know, having it recommended. Um, you know, by um, Phil was fantastic because I agree with him. It's like it's, you know, the, the the earlier stuff is much more what they're known for and where their strength was. And but the latter stuff is far from being like a fade out. Like it was really strong, str you know, strong, um, you know, strong, strong songs, but more pop and progressive, but fun to listen to. More ch more of a challenge. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Well, that was that's a fun one. So you know, everyone, just again, thanks, Phil uh, Lemire, for recommending that. And if you wanted to uh, to uh, suggest a band for us to take on, you know, we're very open to it because we we're we're you know bands. You know, people who listen to the show want us to do something. We're we're gonna probably just you know you say jump, we'll say how high. 
or what band. Exactly. Yeah, and we'll do exactly. it. Exactly. So thank you. But you could let us know that uh, at, uh, you can email us at autoreversepod at gmail.com or hit us up on our Facebook or Instagram. Uh, my man, do you have anything that you want to push? I guess I'll plug the uh, radio show, uh, Crowd Control Radio. Um, my radio show, which is on Fridays, uh, noon to 2 Pacific Standard Time on cjmp.ca backslash listen. Uh, like I've said before, it's sort of a, a radio. The, my show is like a version of Auto Reverse, but in a two-hour yeah. music format you are the king of the deep cuts which you don't you don't, shy, right. you don't shy away from that uh name nope and uh, nope. like yesterday's show was phenomenal you went all over the place and it was like but it didn't seem like you were trying to you're you're high on something you're high on some grooves is what you were and i was uh, high high on the groove you're high on some grooves yesterday it was really good so i recommend if you can uh check that out because uh, it is a great show uh, yeah so, Thank you. Uh, yeah, right. uh, so, until next time, everyone. All right, peace.